I want to start at Luke chapter 1, verse 26, is where we will start today. This is another one of those stories, uh, or the way I'm going to lay it out to you, is much like Hollywood builds their movies. It's called a split transition. It's when they start at the end of the movie and go backwards so that you can, uh, it starts at the end, then goes back to the beginning. They'll say something like three weeks earlier, you know, and then they start it over so you can come into this point. So I want to uh, kind of use that today. And so we'll start right here. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come into, uh, having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at this saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son who shall, and shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great, and he will be called the son of the highest, and the, Lord, uh, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So far, our scripture reading this morning, I want to talk to you from this thought. This is the second part of the series called The Season of Grace. I want to talk to you about this, uh, the will of God and the grace for me the will of God, and the grace for me. Let's pray right here. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this moment. I thank you, Lord, for this season of Advent. For had you not, God, sent your son Jesus into the world, we would not have this opportunity to know you, to serve you, to live out your will here in the earth. So I pray today that you would reveal yourself in the volume of the book. Let me convey the thoughts and the pictures that you have placed in my heart today. I ask that you would think through my mind, speak through my mouth, give me clarity of thought and agility of wit. Allow me to talk in the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. So we started this, uh, this series last week. I just got a little bass something happening. Would you fix that for me? Um, we started this series last week entitled The Season of Grace, and it's amazing to me because Monday and Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday, at some point in the early part of the week, we started hearing this phrase, and now this phrase escapes me. Uh, oh, it, I think it was called Christmas Angels, or it may have been Layaway Angels, but we heard this week that Tyler Perry, uh, also the owner of the Saints in New Orleans, went to Walmart, she, the New Orleans Saints owner, went to Walmart, paid off everybody's layaway. I'm sure you heard about that. So then that thing has spread to Atlanta, and Tyler didn't go to just one, but he went to two. He went to East Point, 
and Douglasville. Went to Douglasville. Paid off everybody's layaway in East Point and Douglasville. Uh, Tyler spent about $450,000 paying off people's layaways. They didn't even know. So he put a video out that said, if you got a layaway in either one of these, Merry Christmas. Now, I, I, that just leapt off the, 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 the page to me or the screen to me simply because there was something in him because of the season we're in that called for him to be gracious to people who he did not know. You hear what I'm saying? Season of grace. But here's what's cool about this. I didn't know until this morning that that affected Christ in the church because Christina who is back here uh, on the clap right there that's happening. She's back here making sure that you have scriptures and stuff. She was one of the people who had layaways in Douglasville. One day y'all gonna believe I'm a prophet when I tell y'all that it's the season of grace that when God is gonna do a thing, he's gonna do what he said he was gonna do and there's nothing you can do to either to earn it or to mess it up. Because, I mean, all we know, Christina could have been laid on her layaway. And when God does a thing, he comes in and says, hey, this is unconditional. Whether you're late or on time, whether you have laid away stuff you couldn't even afford to get out or not, I'm going to extend the grace to you that you will get something you will reap where you have not sown. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The season of grace. And so today... As I look at that, what I really consider is the will of God. Hear me. That the will of God is great. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the thoughts that I have toward you. Thoughts of good and not evil to give you a future and a hope. Okay? When this, when this word came forth through Jeremiah... In Jeremiah uh, 29, 11, it came forth through him from God, listen, to a group of people who were in captivity because of their behavior. <laughs> Hear me. So the will of God was for them to correct their behavior. So he allowed them to go into ba Babylonian captivity for uh, 70 years. But while they were in the midst of that captivity, his will, he already releases a plan that tells them that the will of my will is large, but inside of my will, there is a plan. And the plan is that I know what I got planned for you. Isn't it amazing? It's amazing. It's a great parent that can, in the midst of dispensing punishment, still prophesy what the great thing is going to come out on the other side of this. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so it's amazing because he says, I know. The word know in Greek is the word to ascertain by seeing. So what he is really saying to these people is that I have already seen the end result of the stuff that's going on with you based on my will and the plan within my will. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Uh, for some of y'all still didn't click. What I'm saying to you is, 
your outcome has already been determined because God has a plan inside of his grand will for the world. There is a plan for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And when he says to you, I know the plan that I have for you. He says, I've already ascertained this knowledge because I've already seen it. I love this whole concept because wherever I'm going to end up, God has already been there before I get there. See, this is why I know I'm not going to finish. Don't mess with my clock because I preach all day because there's a whole lot of stuff in here. I, I didn't even plan to talk to you about the whole Joseph story, the whole Joseph story about Joseph going into a pit. Well, the whole plan about him going to the pit, the will of his brothers was to kill him. But the plan of God was to save him. You understand what I'm saying? And so before he gets to the pit, God had already worked it out with one of his brothers who normally don't make good decisions. He comes in and says, no, let's not kill him. Let's just put him in a pit. That was the visitation of God that says you are about to be imprisoned. But before you are imprisoned, I'm going to leave deliverance at the place where they're going to capture you. I know. I know. Listen back to the thing and you'll get it. Before you have a bad day, God has visited your day to release what you need to turn your bad into good because he has ascertained, he knows the plans that he has for you because he has seen it already. Why? Because he determines the end from the beginning. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Okay, some of y'all need to get happy about that because your junk messed up right now. But what you need to be encouraged about in this Advent season is that God has already seen your jacked up situation. And he says, don't stress, don't lose sleep, cry a little bit, but just know I've already seen the end because I've been there and worked it out. Before I birthed you to the earth, this season that you're in is just something that's going to make you strong because I was here to say, make him strong. I know he's going to cry, but make it all right because I'm on my way to the end. And it was worked out before you came about. That's why you can't sleep all day. You got some encounters you got to have. <laughs> Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? That's why you can't let depression hold you hostage in the house because he says there's some battles that I've already won for you and you feel like you don't have the energy to fight and you don't have to fight. Just show up. <sighs> so his will it's the overarching thing, but his plan is the detail for our lives. So, in the text I read today, is this whole Mary being visited by an angel to tell her, listen, about the will of God. The will of God is that Mary is to house and carry the savior of the world, grand scheme. That's right. You see? So she has these questions. How can this be? I, I, I've never even known a man. You got to go back and read it. We'll, we'll walk through this over the next couple of weeks. But uh, God is here with her showing us his will. Because the will of God is that none should perish, but, but that all will come into the salvation. Okay, so he sends Jesus, remember John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for whosoever, whosoever shall or believe on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the will of God. But 
in releasing his will, there is a plan that we have to back into. All right? I love Luke because Luke tells us a story that no other gospel gives us. Nobody gives us the gospel or the story. It's what's called the infant narrative. Because right here in Luke, starting at chapter 1 up to the middle part of chapter 2, there is an infant narrative that just talks about two babies being born. One baby being John. The other baby being Jesus. But before we can get to the will of God, we have to see John being born that talks about his plan. And in that plan, there is the dispensation of grace all the way through it. So then let's back up to it. Let's back up to it and look at it. Uh, let me read uh, some things that you could go with me if you want to. Oh, I didn't say, oh, Lord, what kind of time I got? The Lord did tell me to tell you all this part. Let me see. When, when, it, when, when, it, when it comes to the, the plan of God for your life, there's some stuff that you got to know. And, and so I really, I really sense in my heart that the situations and, and stuff that I'm walking through these days, God is just showing me some stuff about him. And so he is showing me that, Tim, in the plan, there are two things in the plan, and that is the outcome and the timeline. And our problem is that we want the outcome. But we don't do well with the timeline. Yeah. And with all the glad tidings that this, these angels are giving or that Gabriel is giving in the text, I came to bring probably some sad tidings. And this sad tiding is God is not in a hurry. Yeah, God is not in a hurry. Why you say that, Pastor? Well, it's kind of his history. It's kind of the history of God, how he deals with his people. He's not in a hurry. Because we look at people like Abraham. Remember Abram? Abram had a prophecy or angel visited Abram, just like he visited this text that we're dealing with today, and says, hey, you're going to have a son and, uh, with Sarah. And Sarah's back there laughing behind the door, like, I don't know who this is coming and talking to my husband, but he crazy because I'm old, he old, none of what we got worked at all, but you're telling us that we're getting ready to have a baby. And the text shows that Abraham waited 25 years. He was already about 75 when the prophecy came. Now, now granted, as long as they lived back then, he was still a young man. He waited 25 years for the promise. Moses waited 40 years for the promise. Uh, Joseph has this dream that his family bowed down to him. He has this dream. It came to pass 13 years later. Jesus, who was all of this, all that we know and all that we live out, all that we worship, all that we do in, in, in all of our traditions, our faith tradition, is it, because of Jesus. Jesus waited 30 years to do three years of ministry. Why? Because God is not in a hurry. 
I want you to take that in for a minute. Which is, I had to take it in. I had to sit back and really think about this. Because in the grand scheme of our lives, some of the stuff that God has said to us that has not happened yet is really young. Your, 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 your time that you've been sitting in the waiting room is really short. Yeah, Pastor, but I've been waiting for five years. Okay. Basically, you've been sitting in the waiting room for five minutes. Because God is not in a hurry. And so then, when we look at this text and we see Mary, we have to back into this grace that God gives. Why? Because, hear me, before God does a great move, he dispenses grace to people who are in the right place at the right time. Jesus is coming. Mary needs to know that this is about to happen to you. I do appreciate the fact that God sends an email to let you know you're about to be pregnant, but nobody's going to touch you. I mean, think about this. Had he not told Mary, Mary probably would have killed herself thinking she was sick. I mean, how does that happen? I mean, the question still is, how did it happen anyway? But at least you told me something crazy is about to happen in my life, right? But before that happens, we back into the story of Zacharias and Elizabeth. So I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. Luke 1. Verse 5 says, there was in the day, in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of uh, Abijah. And his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, for her name was Elizabeth. And they both were righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless but they had no child because Elizabeth, Elizabeth was barren and both were well advanced in their years. Stop. I love when the Bible gives us these nuggets because what the Bible is really doing is bringing us into an understanding and a balance that although you serve God, you could still have some challenges in your life. And see, I think that's the balance because, you know, we have people that will teach you that all you need is faith and everything's going to go your way. And the Bible walks through from beginning to end and tells us that's not all the way true because there's this other guy named Job who the reason he went through what he went through is because God, now listen, I know people don't like to hear this, but, but let, let's, can, I, can I say that whole Joseph story in today's vernacular? Here it is. Satan walks in. God says, dude, where have you been? He says, I've been strolling, trying to see whose life I could jack up. God says, you thought about Job? Hold on. When, when do you like, just like want to start volunteering people to go through stuff? 
You thought about Job? Satan says, bruh, you know you got Job hemmed up. Job hemmed up. Can't nobody get to him. Can I, can I, can I not offend you, but I still want to tell him today's vernacular? You ready? God says to Satan, I bet you $5. You can't break Job. Satan says, bet. What's the conditions? You can touch his stuff, but you can't touch his body. Okay, word. He goes, does all this stuff, comes back. He still has not turned his back on God. And God, and Satan said, hey, I'm, I'm still trying him, but you still got him hemmed up because you won't let me touch his flesh. I guarantee you, if I touch his flesh, he's going he gonna to roll out on you. And God says, bet, double or nothing. Y'all offended? Don't be offended. Satan says, bet. So he takes the protection down from around him and now touches his flesh. Bottom line is the text says that he was offered up to go through what he has gone through because he lived right. See, don't let the enemy trick you into believing that your hard times because you're not living right. Some of your hard times is because God is saying, you are, and I can trust them to go through some stuff and they won't turn their back on me. Mm. All right, I'm going to leave that alone because that could go so many ways, but I got 18 minutes left. Okay, so where are we? Um, they had no child. And uh, verse 7 says, but they had no child because uh, Elizabeth was barren and they were old. So, uh, so it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord and the whole multitude of people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fell upon him and, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and he uh, he, and you shall call his name John, and you will have joy and gladness, and uh, many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also be, go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and make ready a prepared people for the Lord. Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of the Lord. And I was sent to speak to you and to bring you these glad tidings. Behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day of these things take place because you did not believe my words, which were fulfilled, which will be fulfilled in their own time. Everybody say that timeline. That's that timeline right there. And the people waited for Zacharias and, uh, and they marveled at that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he, they had, that he had seen a, a vision 
in the temple and beckoned for them, uh, and he remained speechless. I got to stop right here because it's, it's so much in this text. So now listen, here's the story. We cannot get to the conception of the Savior without dealing with the birth of John the Baptist, okay? And, and this whole story is so connected, but we never preach them together at Christmas time. We just talk about Mary being uh, overshadowed by the Holy Spirit and conceiving Jesus. However, before that happens, we have to talk about the grace that was given to Zacharias and Elizabeth. Here is why. Whenever God is about to release his plan, he releases and dispenses immeasurable grace. Watch. Because now we have a mother and a father, Zacharias. Zacharias' name means God remembered. Elizabeth's name means God has spoken an oath. Okay? What this text is teaching us, it has been, it has been uh, intentionally crafted to teach us in this season of grace that God has not forgotten what he has said to you. <laughs> I could really be finished right there. We can go on to the house. Because some people have been living a long time with some prayers laying on the altar, and God said he was going to do it for you, but you have yet to see it. And this text comes to remind us in this season of grace that he has not forgotten the thing that he has said to you. He says, before we get to my will that has been released in the whole earth, I am telling you that I am bringing grace that precedes my will because I'm about to do something to shake up the earth. And before I do it, you need to receive grace because I said some stuff to you and I have not forgotten. Look at somebody and tell them, God ain't forgotten. He has not forgotten what he said to you. He has not forgotten what he said to you. He has not forgotten what he told you. He has not forgotten. It is still there. It is not behind his back. It is not in a drawer somewhere. It is still at the forefront of his mind. He is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he bring it to pass. He's going to do what he said. Because God has not forgotten what he has said to you. God is not like me. I say, I say to our, our leadership team all the time, I say, when I say stuff in these meetings and on these calls, y'all need to write it down. Because when I get off the call with you, I forget everything I told you. <laughs> so then I come up with something else and they be like, well, Pastor, that's not what you said. I say, when did I say that? <laughs> on the call that we had three weeks ago, I said, I told you to write it down. Tell me what I said. Lois always say, I write down everything you say because I know you forget. God is not like that. Why? Because God knows that what he has said to you in the grand scheme of his will is a part of his plan. And there is a plan and there is a timeline. And God knows where he is on the timeline of your life. See, the problem with us is that we don't know where he is in the timeline. But I want to tell you, it's not for us to know. We just need to live it out. And at the time that he is ready. Come on. He's going to release that thing. Here's what I believe. I believe that when we are born, God releases 
purpose in our lives, his purpose in our lives. And then he also, at the same time he releases us, he releases time. But he releases time with our name on it. And so when he releases your purpose and his time, when they come together, it's a big explosion in your life and your world is changed. This is what I believe. So what I believe. So then we find out about this mom and this dad. What we find out about them is that they are righteous in every way. Listen, not only do they live righteously before God, but they keep all the ordinances, which means they live right this way, but they also live right this way. And let me tell y'all something about the will of God or this plan of God. Here's what, here's what I believe about that. Let's say I had a ball that is made of water. Let's say I am Aquaman. Because Aquaman can just throw water balls at people, right? Okay. But when he throws the water balls at this tree, which is the destination, there is a spray of water that touches everything that is in line with the ball that is thrown. Y'all hear me? So there's some stuff over here that does not get wet because it's not in line. Y'all with me? God does this when it's time to release his plan. As he throws toward his will, everything in line with what he is throwing out gets wet with the grace that comes along with the plan that he has. What are you saying to me? You can't live outside of his will and expect to receive some grace. I know we don't like that talk no more because that ain't, that ain't good talking these days. Pastor, you got to be telling people that everything is all right in the world and God's going to bless them regardless. I cannot tell you that because the text tells me that they were in line with him. Oh, y'all hear what I'm saying? And see, there, listen, serving the Lord will pay off for you. That's what my dad used to tell me all the time. My dad would say, Tim, serving the Lord will pay off after a while. And I'd just be looking at my clock like, when is after a while coming? Because serving the Lord means there's some other stuff I can't serve. You hear what I'm saying? And there's some other stuff that I want to serve, mainly me. And serving the Lord means often the time I can't serve me because in serving me ain't serving the Lord because I ain't the Lord and the stuff that I want ain't what he want. Why? Because his ways are not my ways. <laughs> his thoughts are not my thoughts. So there is that serving God will pay off after a while. And that timeline has happened for Zacharias and Elizabeth. So here's what's happening. The text says that uh, Zacharias was a priest and that uh, Elizabeth was of the daughters of Aaron. So her lineage is priesthood. So they got married. And so they have been living right all their days. And one day, Zechariah's lot fell, is what the text said. His lot fell to go serve in the temple. Now, here's what's amazing about that. In his region, there were about 20,000 priests. Wow. 20,000 priests in his region, we'll call it in his denomination, that wanted to go and eventually would have served in the temple. Okay? But the way it happens <laughs> is that they, they kind of roll the dice to see who's up next because serving in the temple was a big deal. 
big deal to serve in the temple. That's why in the story that Jesus tells of the Good Samaritan, when the priest walks on the other side of the road, it's because he was going to serve in the temple. And to serve in the temple when there were so many priests was really a once in a lifetime thing. If your number fell, you could only get it one time in your life because your odds was 20,000 to one. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, so, so it really does put it in perspective when Jesus says that the priest goes on the other side and didn't want to touch the person. Because, I mean, he was, in, he was in a flux. It's like, do I help you? Do I miss my opportunity to serve God? I don't know what, I don't know what to do. And so I believe that whole story is really for church people. That God is saying, I'd rather you be a neighbor than somebody that steps over people to get to church. Whole another whole sermon. So now, the text says that his lot fell. I love that, that language because his lot fell says to me that they probably rolled some dice, but on the heavenly calendar, the dice flipped for Zechariah. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like the Holy Ghost was standing over there and when they pull lots, really, there's like the, the shortest straw. In our day, we're talking about, you know, rolling dice. It's like the Holy Ghost was standing over the dice. Like, I need, I need Zacharias to be in the temple right now. God said today is his day. So it fell for him. But where it fell is also amazing. Because it, 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 for an old man who always wanted a child, but didn't get one, he could have been bitter toward God because of what he did not get. <laughs> Since I'm talking about grace, in this season, God is dispensing the grace to be faithful to him even when you don't get what you want. Because that's, that's, that's the season that we live in. We live in a season now that I need to live what's comfortable to me. I don't come to church because I got something else to do. But if it's something that serves me, then I'm going to go. And God is going to release the grace to you in this season to serve because it's right, not because it's convenient. So the text says his number fell. And so he goes into the temple. And his position he is, not, he is not at, uh, the, uh, at, the, at the altar where they wash hands. He is at the altar of incense in the most holy place. So when he comes, he comes and he puts everything he needs into this uh, canter. It's called a canter. It's this ball. If you've been to the Catholic church, you've seen them swing this ball at prayer time, and there's the smoke that comes out of it because that is the incense in the Bible that is sim uh, symbolic in Revelations of the prayers of the people. So watch. Zacharias is in the temple creating an atmosphere for other people's prayers to be answered when his is unanswered. <laughs> Talk about faithful. I'm in here making sure everybody else got a right atmosphere because the text says it was the time of incense and everybody has come. That means it was prayer time and everybody has come outside of the temple and they wait for the smoke to come outside of the temple because the smoke is the prayers. And what they do is add their prayers to this smoke so it could go up to heaven. And the guy with an unanswered prayer is creating the atmosphere for people to get theirs answered. And he was still faithful to do it. Here, can, can you serve God with unanswered prayers? Hello. Hello. 
you really serve God and get God in the room for people when you feel like you can't feel him in your own life? Come on. Come on. See, this is what I'm talking about, the grace to be faithful, the grace to serve people when you feel like people and God ain't serving you. That's what's happening in this season. He's releasing the grace to serve him and the grace to serve others. Come on. So he's creating this thing. And the text says that while he is doing his job, creating an atmosphere for people to receive uh, prayers from God, answered prayers from God, that the angel shows up at the right side of the altar of incense. Listen, you know what that saying is that the angel basically showed up at the altar of prayer on the right side. I don't know. Let me just be a preacher and say to you that if there's a right side, there could also be a wrong side. Can I just be preachery today? It said the angel showed up at the right side of prayer. And you got to make sure that whatever you're lifting up to God is on the right side of the prayer altar and not on the wrong side of the prayer altar. You've been praying against some people that God says, I don't want you to pray against them. I want you to get on the right side of prayer and pray for them. You don't hear what I'm saying? You've been praying that some st- the doors were shut in your life and God says, no, those are doors that I open. So I want you to get on the right side of prayer so you won't think I'm doing you wrong because you're praying what you want and not praying what I want. So the angel gets, comes in on the right side of prayer. And while this guy is serving God, God answers his prayer. Could it be that you got unanswered prayers because you're not serving? Could it be that you come in here week in and week out and do nothing in his house but have an expectation of him to respond to your house? Could it be? Could it, could it, could it be? Could it be that you come here late every week? And that he, he said, I'm waiting on you to serve so I can respond to you. Because while Zacharias, the one who was righteous, who had been waiting on a son in particular, not just a child, because Jewish men wanted sons, and if they did not get sons, they were looked at as impotent. So he's serving The angel shows up and says, your prayer has been heard. What's hindering your prayer from being heard? He says, your prayer has been heard. Watch this. You and your your wife will conceive a son, all right? And here's what I like about this. Y'all going to get a son, and you will have great joy. And then it goes on to say, and many people will rejoice. Okay, so here's, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Uh, Zechariah says, uh, okay, how, how this going to happen? Because I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. Wait, can I stop right there and tell you, brothers, that this season also brings you the grace to say the right thing? Because Zechariah calls himself old, but he just says his wife is advanced. You see that? He didn't call his wife. Oh, he said, I'm old and my wife old. He didn't say that. Even though she was nowhere around, he had enough grace to say, I'm the old one. She's just advanced. You get the grace in this season, brothers, to say the right stuff at the right time. Anyway, so here's what I like about this. Because God, woohoo, what about that? You touched my clock. I just had 18 minutes. Okay, so look. And so God <laughs> answered 
their prayer, listen, but not only did he answer their prayer, he gave them a miracle. Why do you say that? Because he could have answered their prayer by making Elizabeth pregnant like he did Mary. But the miracle now is that two old people can autom- now they can just start working in a way that they did not work before, right? But the text said, listen, I want you to see it because I really see, I, re- I want you to see the grace of God at work. Let me see if I can find it for you right quick. Um, 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 he says, uh, how you know? He says, um, angel said to him, I am Gabriel. Uh-huh. And behold, oh, no, no, no. Let's back up. Oh, he started prophesying. Okay, let's go back. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him right side of the altar. said, do not be afraid. You stay. Oh, look at verse 14. And you will have joy and gladness. And then people will rejoice. Many people will rejoice at his birth. Okay, so watch this. Their reproductive organs did not work anymore. You see what I'm saying? The miracle is that she could see, can conceive, right? That's the, that's the, 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 the answer prayer is that she will conceive and have a baby. The miracle, though, is that their not working parts will now work and they will enjoy the journey to bring forth the plan of God in their lives. Y'all with me? Y'all sure? So now watch this. The Lord said to me very clearly, he said, Tim, tell my people in this season I'm giving them grace to enjoy the journey that will manifest my plan. I love this because God left no detail, no stone unturned. Because it's not that y'all just going to come together and make this happen, but y'all going to come together and you will have great joy. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. You see what I'm saying? Oh, oh, oh. joy and gladness is what he said. You're going to have joy, which whatever is about to happen in your life right now is going to sustain something. We're not talking about happiness. He didn't say you would be happy. That's happenings. But because of what you're about to do, joy, something sustaining is about to happen to you, and your life is going to change, and I'm going to let you enjoy this while you're helping me fulfill the plan in your life. Now, on one side of this, this is physical, but the other thing I want you to see, the spiritual side of this, that there are sometimes we feel like, Lord, this is just hard for me to do the thing that you want done in my life. And what he's saying to you is, no, in this season, I'm giving you the grace to enjoy and be glad about the journey that you are about to embark on to help fulfill the plan in your life, my plan in your life. Are y'all with me? So now, here's the last thing. Here's the last thing. He says, you're going to have this child. They get pregnant. And where we pick up in the text today says, in the sixth month. So watch. God waited for Mary to be six months pregnant. I mean, for Elizabeth. He waited for Elizabeth to be six months pregnant before he starts talking to Mary about his will. So he says to Mary, Mary, 
He says, the angel. And, and the angel rose up and said, hey, I'm Gabriel. Just want you to know, because that's the same thing that he said to, I got to go, that he said to Zacharias. I really need to stop because I feel like I'm rushing. He said, this is Zacharias. And remember now, he says to Zacharias, you're going to have a child. Zacharias said, how can this happen? Because I'm old. My wife old. And then the angel says to him, well, it's going to happen. But since you don't believe, I'm going to make you mute. I'm going to shut your mouth until this timeline is fulfilled. I got happy about that, Deidre. The reason I got happy about that is that the plan of God in my life, nothing can interrupt it, not even me. Hear me. Because, see, people will teach you if you don't do right, you're going to mess up the plan of God in your life. And what I'm realizing now, that God knows how to put you on pause so his plan can keep going. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because what his plan, see, that's why, that's why you are not argue and mess around with your enemies who are going to tell you you ain't going to be nothing or want to see you fail and you all crying and upset because they just want to see me fail. So what? If it's God's plan, don't worry about that. He can mute you. He can mute them. But his plan is going to come to pass in your life. And so what he is saying to a guy that's having problems believing, instead of telling you it ain't going to work with you because you can't believe, you're a failure, I can't use you. He says, no, 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 you're imperfect, but I still can use you because I got a plan that I need you to fulfill. I guess I just need the you. I don't need your mouth. So I'll shut you up. Thank you. you ain't got to go talk when you see your wife. You ain't got to say nothing. You can sign language. <laughs> you understand? You ain't got to talk to her. Just show her, tell her what you need, and we're going to get this done. But your unbelief could mess this up. So because I'm God, and I want to use you, and my plan is going to work, I'm going to protect you from you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for protecting me from me so that your plan can keep going in my life. Because I'd say something and mess it up. I'd think, think something and do something that will mess this up. And his plan is going to go on. You hear what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank he says, I'm a, let, me, let me hush. I'm going to hush you until all this comes to pass. I don't have time to deal with it all. I, I may pick it up next week. Here's the bottom line. The bottom line is, in order for Mary to believe that what the angel has said to her is really true, God said, I need to give grace to this couple who has been asking me for a baby. And I knew I was going to get him a baby, but I just had to wait till it was time to send Jesus. <laughs> I know they think it can't be done because they think they're too old. But I mean, I'm the God of all, of all possibilities. Everything that's impossible, I can make possible because I'm God. So I know. And so I kind of feel like God be looking at us sometimes like, I know, you're, I know you're, your feelings are hurt. I know you're tired. I know you're depressed because you feel like I'm not hearing you. But I am hearing you. But there is a timeline. And I can't mess up my own timeline just because you can't really seem to know that I'm still here for you. I told you I was going to be here. I told you I was going to answer your question. I told you I was going to do what I said I was going to do. I sent the pastor to tell you that I'm going to do it. I sent a prophet five years ago that told you it was going to happen. You keep hearing the same thing and you keep wondering, why do I keep hearing it? And you ain't doing it. And I keep wondering, why you not believing it if I keep saying it? What is going on? 
Yeah, you tell him, you keep saying it, but you won't do it. He keeps telling you, I keep saying it, but you won't believe it. I keep saying it to you, but you want me to do it now. And listen, I am the guy that gives, gets maximum impact. That's why he shows up to uh, Zacharias at the time where there's a lot of people coming out to pray. So when he comes out of the temple, all eyes are on him because he was only supposed to be in there 30 minutes or so. And he was in there hour and a half and everybody was out like, what's going on? What's taking him so long? He must be drunk. Maybe God's in there. I don't know. So then when he comes out, the people resolve, he's seen a vision. So now other people's faith goes up because of the timeline that God has used with these two old people. All right, I can't. Sorry, Kyle. So listen. Mary says when the angel comes, how can these things be? Well, doesn't that sound like the same thing Zechariah said? How can this be? So, the angel says to Mary, hey, go see Aunt Lizzie. She's six months pregnant. Mary's like, what you talking about, Gabriel? <laughs> no, no, no. You don't believe the same thing that I'm saying to you? I had this conversation with your uncle six months ago. Well, why'd you wait six months to tell me? Because you need to be able to see what I'm doing. And if I just told you to go and talk to her, you'd still be skeptical until she was showing. And I need to remove all your doubt. So because, listen, because Mary needed a confirmation to believe for Jesus, God gave to all people the grace to be the confirmation for her. Listen, there's some stuff you've been waiting on. And God says, it wasn't time then, but now it's time. There's some people on your job, and you ain't been working there long enough. So now that you've been working there just for a little time, a little time or maybe you hadn't been working there at all. You just started working there. And God said, now I'm going to release that because there's some people on your job that need to believe something about me. And I need you to be the confirmation. And now I'm going to extend grace to you. This is the season where you just need to receive grace. So number one, God is releasing the grace to believe the impossible. He's releasing the grace to do the impossible. Okay? What, What is it that you feel like you need done and ain't no way you can do it on your own? Grace for the impossible is about to happen. Christina just experienced that. Grace for the impossible. You hear me? I wonder why Tyler Perry did that for Douglasville, but you know why? Because he live out there now. He done bought half Douglasville, we just didn't know it. But wait, what we don't know though, we don't know what Christina's need was. And so maybe God let the deal happen to get all the land for Tyler just so he could be settled in all his stuff enough to think, let me bless some other people. And God is thinking, because I need to bless Christina, everybody else at East Point Walmart, 
and Douglasville Walmart gets blessed because it's the season of grace, but I got a plan for her. And just so happened, the fallout from them is grace because of what I want to do for her. You see? I know, we think this is about Tyler. Tyler thinks it's about everybody else. I believe it's about Christina. I didn't know that until today. I was wishing it was for me. And I was like, dog, I wish I had a, I don't even go there. I don't even go to that Walmart. I'm going to start going up there. Now Tyler got his eye on it. He's going to be walking around in there. I'll be like, hey, here I am. <laughs> okay, I got to go. So here, here it is. Write these three, three, three things down and we're done. God has given us the grace for the impossible. He's given us the grace to believe the impossible. And he is giving us the grace to respond to the impossible in this season. There's a bunch of more graces in this text, and we're going to go get them next week. But I want to encourage you today that this is the season that God is doing something magnificent in the world. But he's dispensing grace to us. So when that thing starts coming, we are going to be the confirmation that this is what he is doing. The story that we read about John and Jesus we focus on Jesus, but there had to be a forerunner. The grace to go before and be okay with being number two. Some of y'all need to hear that because you keep feeling like the people at work won't let you get on the top. And God says, I need some number twos who can go in front of the number one. That's grace in and of itself. And the same greatness that is spoken of of Jesus in this text is also spoken of of John. But yet Jesus could not come until John came before him. And y'all, there is a grace right now because of what I believe. I didn't even have time to talk about the, the political climate and the social climate that was happening in the time that, that all of this was going on political and social, this racial stuff that's happening, I believe that we're about to see God do something great in America. Hear me. Hear me. Oh, Lord, Lord. I, I only, ooh, stand up, stand up, stand up. Y'all stand up, I feel like pressure to go. Stand up. Stand up. Let me tell y'all something. Let me tell you something. Please get this on CD. We need to put this out. Hear me. I don't prophesy political stuff. I never, I, that's just not my thing. There was a decree that went out from Caesar Augustus, right? Caesar Augustus, that everybody had to be registered, counted for, which made Joseph have to leave where he was, Nazareth, and go to Bethlehem. You hear me? Bethlehem was very small with no notoriety, but God had a plan for that area for the Savior to come out of that area. Listen, God sent the grace for the enemy in the White House 
to call for something that would make the baby Jesus have to shift from where they used to live to where God wanted him. Listen, and in the same spirit today, I believe that there's some stuff happening in the White House that may be the grace of God to make the enemy set up for his plan. Hear me. To make America great again is not in the hands of a man, but in the hands of a God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so maybe God released the grace to all of that that's happening so that God can set up something else. Because God will use people you don't like, you didn't vote for, you don't want to work with to set up his plan in your life. And I believe that there is a parallel socioeconomically. I believe it's just socially, politically, and what was happening then and what is happening now. God is about to, in a, the very near future, reveal his plan for everything that's been going on in our country in the past 10 years. Watch me. Watch what I tell you. I feel that unction right now. Because God is making some stuff great in America. But above all that, he's going to make his name great in America. Are you hearing me? He's making his name great in America. He's making his name great in America. And there's a grace in this season for us to be a part of his plan so that we can see his will carried out 